0: All right, it's recording. All right, we're actually doing an episode, buddy. Uh, I don't really believe this yet. Uh, everything feels weird, (laughs) but yeah, okay, we're doing an episode. We're doing an episode. Let's let's try to do this.
1: We're doing it. Um, welcome to Rated P for Paranormal: The uh, The Reawakening.
0: The the (laughs) reasleepening.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know if I remember how to do this.
0: Oh, I don't. I have no clue. I was hoping you uh, had more, you know, you had more producerial chops than I do, and that you'd know what to do. I don't know what to do. I've been alone here for so long. I, I, I don't know what to do. I saw this movie what a month ago, yeah. and now I had to see it again, and uh, I'm confused. You
1: know, somehow,
0: some way, we've got new
1: fans. Uh, Who found us because the podcast, that's the good thing about podcasts. They just sit out there. Uh, Welcome to Rated P for Paranormal. For those of you who are new, I'm Matty Blake. That's Anthony Arkin in Brooklyn. I am at an undisclosed location. We have taken a long break because of me. Because of uh, a, a job that I got that has taken me on the road for a majority of the summer. Uh, to be honest. And I still can't talk about it, but very, very, very soon, like before the fall begins, I'll be able to fully talk about where I was all summer. Uh, So if you listen to earlier episodes of this podcast, you'll hear that this sounds uh, crappy compared to that because I'm in a foreign country with uh, a weak internet signal and none of my studio equipment. So uh, we're just going to do
0: the best we can. Well, I know that that I can speak for both of us when I know we're going to do the best we can. I don't know what that best is going to look like. we're going to we're going to try. We're going to try to talk about what we've been through and what we've seen as you as per usual. You said something interesting, though. You said Mm -hmm. that um, despite being off the air, we've gathered some some new listeners. Yes, I'm I'm questioning now whether if like how many listeners could we get if we don't do any shows? I think this show would take off if we stop talking. So I'm saying. Maybe we just cut our losses and just get a huge fan base by just keeping our mouth shut.
1: Hold on. Let me see the metrics here. Okay, here, I've got, I have a live graph. Oh, yeah, we're talking now and people are dropping off in droves.
0: Dropping, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, dropping
1: we'll off. Oh, in fact, when I talk specifically, uh, we're yeah. losing hundreds and hundreds of fans.
0: That's an amazing meter that you have there. I did. Now, I, you must pay paid a lot of money for that Google <laughs> Google meter.
1: It's worth it, Tony. This podcast, as you know, has uh, set us both up for life.
0: All right. Yep. Well, oh, sorry. That was my
1: phone. <laughs> is that Amelia?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so yeah. So you, you you sound a little tired, but I know you you have a reason for it because this is your day off. We're yes. not gonna get into what you're doing. Right. I've been privy to some information. Yes. And um just so everybody knows out there, I'll speak for you. Maddie's been has been doing things that you would only dream about. And he's tired and he's been working very, very hard. Yeah. And as frustrating as it is for both of us that we haven't been able to do a show, it's gonna be worth it. Because what he's working on is cool. You're gonna like that. We can then talk about it here. And then maybe that, you know, will help raise the raise the mood. I'm very curious for who these fans are that we've gotten though in the in the interim. Well I'm really curious. I gotta look into the stats.
1: I assume that we lost a bunch because we stopped. Like we did the, we did what is the cardinal sin of podcasting, and that is we just stopped because of my schedule. And we tried as best we could to let the audience – that's what they say, you could do whatever you want, but just let your audience know. And, and we tried to do that. But I imagined we had lost tons of fans, but I don't really see that. In fact, um, let's hear from a fan we had never heard from before, Tony. Speaking of which, why, why beat around the bush? All right. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I am tired, but mostly I have kind of cubicle voice because I'm um, with two of my producer friends who are upstairs in a, in a meeting also, so
0: uh-huh. I'm trying
1: to be respectful and that's why I kind of have cubicle voice, not my normal okay. spazzy, uh, okay. over, over earnest, over I'll
0: I'll, com- I'll compensate. I may even overcompensate.
1: But. <laughs> we should switch roles. We should, oh, for Halloween, we should do a podcast where I'm you and you're me.
0: <laughs> if, I could, if I could, I would all the time. Just
1: drink like nine coffees.
0: I'm working on it. All
1: right. Uh, here, here's a fan we had never heard from before. Uh, a new fan. Here we go. It's exciting. I to make the thing work. Hey, Maddie and Tony, it's Mike Robinson. Hold on, let me start it again. There'll be no editing on this podcast, by the way. Okay.
0: Good to know. Thanks for telling me beforehand.
1: <laughs> here we go. Let's try again. Sorry, everybody. Hey, Maddie and Tony, it's Mike Robinson calling. Um, I'm wondering if you do any repeats on shows that you've done reviews on. I just got done watching Hellier both seasons based on your recommendation. And I have to say that my brain is completely effing scrambled. I'm wondering if you'd go back, finish the two seasons, and help me understand what the heck I just watched. Anyways, love your show. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Thanks. So thank you Michael for finding that's, us and, and yeah we got a couple new voices
0: on our on our on our message machine. Oh that's there. great. Yeah, um that's great. Thanks for calling in Michael. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh w- we would consider it, particularly since we really only covered the first season when we talked about the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we could uh, do a do a dive into the second season and then do a uh, a bit of a recap for for part of an episode. I could see that. Mm-hmm. being something we do I don't know exactly what um you know what part of this he feels he wants to unpack um or if we could be of help with it or not or if he's asking why the heck did you recommend it I, I don't really know but um, you know uh, <laughs> well,
1: I kind of did dive into season two I got all the way up to like episode 10 or something and then it's, it weirdly started
0: charging me for it um, yeah they suddenly uh licensing went weird on that show so yeah, yeah. Have to pay for the second season
1: i got up to episode 10 called night of Pan." night of pan um in which they basically do a ritual in a cave um i yeah. you know my my review is mixed i i I liked, I, I think we both really thumbs up on season one. Season two, I was lukewarm on. I was a little less enthusiastic. It's hard, as we said, to do these things and not become aware of yourself and all that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, season two, the whole ritualistic thing. And, and there was a lot of scenes where, you know, it was like a lot of scenes like where they're like, okay, I'm using the cipher now if i take the sentence that he sent us in this email the house is red and put it into the cipher that now reads the door must be connected to the window in the basement 146 i'm like what the f*** are they talking
0: about yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah
1: i love all that stuff too don't get me wrong but there was a there was a kind of a innocent earnestness to to season 1 and I kind of was missing that season two. And then they brought on a guy, they had this long scene with this guy in a hotel room who just kind of gave me the creeps. He was kind of like a, uh, he reminded me of, you know what he reminded me of? Was, um, <laughs> what's his face on the Island of Dr. Moreau? Uh, Brando and one of his life. He's just like slumped on <laughs> this couch in this like, you know, Marriott courtyard. He's got like a shirt all <laughs> undone. And I'm like, what am I watching? Huh.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I got to that part of season two. Um, I don't know if I got that far into it. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I mean, just to, I don't know, recap my part of it. One of the things I I liked about the show is that it didn't, it wasn't the kind of show that, that I felt was asking me to get behind this team. I just thought it was showing me what this group of people did. And In that way, I, I kind of respected it a little bit more just in terms of, like, I think I said this before, how it was made in terms of it was a more straight ahead documentary approach of just the experience that this group of people were having. Mm. Whether or not they were right or wrong or their methods were right or wrong, I, I guess I was more interested in it as a character study and hanging out with them. So I yes. didn't I didn't need it to answer any questions for me. I was more some of it was funny. Some of it I thought was ridiculous. Some of it was like, I don't see the connection. And then some of it was, I, I do see the connection. But in the, in the sense that the show is kind of about how um, conspiracies can generate themselves out of thin air almost, mm. it was kind of an interesting examination of that and how you could really kind of, as if you dig, you can almost find answers for anything you want yes. if you want to see them. No, well, anyway, I just thought as an exploration of those things, the show is cool. I, I agree that I don't, if, if I was like, yeah, are these are the ghost hunters for me and I want to, you know, this, this, def- this defines the, the, the topic in some way. I didn't think that was true by the middle of the second season.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm all for synchronicity. I mean, my gosh, I've, I've been part of them and I believe in all that stuff and I believe them and I, I believe what they're saying and everything, but There has to be, for me, and this is just for me, and and I understand this is my bias, uh, but there has to be not a simplicity to the synchronicities, but uh, a basic comprehension to the synchronicities. And if you have to work too hard um, to make them so, it seems like – and they just cut one kind of drifts off into the other one, into the other one and into the other one. It asks a lot of me. Like I got my own problems, man. <laughs> you know
0: I mean? Right,
1: I know. And so it's like yeah. the stuff that excites me is like Tony and I talked about something and then this happened. Oh my gosh, that's a synchronicity. Not, you know, we plugged uh, it into this. Key. Yeah. Even keel Like when you read ciphers and stuff, like even the keel stuff makes sense, even though it's bizarro world you can follow it very easily. This one kind of lost me and that could be my fault.
0: Well, some things are. So maybe this is one of those things. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> like, the, um, the
1: entire stopping of this podcast was
0: completely my fault. <laughs> I'm going to dig on you, man. You can't, there's no way that you're getting out of this without some, some bruising about the head and neck. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, there's the hellier you know, we can get into it more later on. I hope yeah. that, uh, helped at least touch on some of the things you're asking about when you called in. Yes. Um, but yeah.
1: And I just want to refresh everyone's memories. Cause it's been a while since we've done this. What Michael did was he went on to anchor. And when you go on to anchor, which is our platform app, the platform of our podcast, there's just a simple little button. You click leave message. And um, you can just leave us a message. It's really easy and really fun, and we love to hear from you. So any reviews, anything like that, um, let's do it. Speaking of reviews, Tony, uh, let's do what, we, what this whole podcast is about. We review paranormal film and television, so uh, let's dive into one,
0: shall we? Let's do it. Let's get it over with. Let's get this one <laughs> on its way.
1: And apologies, again, I'm going to apologize. This is like the apology tour. It's like a politician <laughs> on an apology tour. Um, I did not forget to do this podcast. Um, <laughs> listen, we have no idea where we left off at this point. We don't know what movie we teased. We don't know which film we said we we're going to watch. Um, it's just, and it's all my fault. Tony's been patient with me. Uh, but I, I just, you know, we're, we're going to do the best we can. So we've just picked a new movie we just figured, let's do a new one. Let's have a new film to talk about. Uh, even though we didn't give you the audience the two weeks or so, or a week that we usually try to give you to watch what we're going to watch. But um, hey, it's a new movie, and let, let's do it, shall we? The film is The Tomorrow War.
0: Let's go. You are listening to the only
1: podcast of its kind, hosted by two industry professionals. (laughs) Host, actor,
0: investigator, Maddie Blake. I was slaying is what I was doing. Actor, director, filmmaker, Anthony Arkin. I'm just saying things to get health insurance. Two friends with a love and passion for film and the paranormal. I'm going to kill all of you. Thoughtful analysis.
1: It's not, it's just, ugh. ugh.
0: Insider knowledge and intelligent conversation. More cocaine on set. Is what I'm saying. Find us on social media at Rated Paranormal.
1: Come on, kill me. Do it,
0: I'm here. <laughs> to leave us a message, visit our homepage, anchor.fm slash Rated Paranormal. Simply click message and let your voice be heard and click support to donate. I hope you're tortured about it and that it bothers you. Share the podcast and help grow the P4P community. Who the hell is that? Shut the door. Baited P for Paranormal, the best and worst of paranormal pop culture.
1: Woo, 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 woo. Ba, ba, boom. <laughs> Tony, a family man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. The world is stunned when a group of time travelers arrive from the year 2051 to deliver an urgent message. 30 years in the future, mankind is losing a global war against a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is for soldiers and civilians from the present to be transported to the future and join the fight in a desperate quest to rewrite the fate of the planet. Tony, speaking of rewrite, how did you like this one?
0: Which time that when I saw? Which viewing are you talking about?
1: Um, when I was in, uh, when I was in a uh, in a hole in, in Europe <laughs> that time, and then didn't call you back for three weeks that time.
0: Uh, my my feelings have not changed. I didn't watch the movie again. I watched it, just a little bit of it just yes. to catch up on some details yes. that I needed for plot. Because the yes. plot is certainly there. It's plotty. There's a plot. And um, so I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything too much. And then I felt really stupid for thinking that I had to go back to see if there was something I missed. Right. Because uh, there's two answers to that. No. <laughs> and so what? <laughs> if I did. Um, this definitely falls into the same category for me of like, I'm, 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 I'm very upset right now. Like mm-hmm. this movie upset me, but I, I, uh, but I have to remember what I said. I think it might've been in one of our last episodes where uh, you were like, how can they make this? And I was like, how can they not? Okay. This is, this is, the math works out for I- me.
1: Uh, I was home for like, you know, four days. I was in the pool at my house with my wife and I was literally um, pretending to review this movie with, with, you know, with her. And I was like playing the part of you <laughs> and <laughs> myself. And I said, I can't wait to do this. And basically what I said was exactly what you just said. I said, how could this get made? And I did your voice going like, no, no. How could it not get made? That's the <laughs>
0: Yeah you know i mean it's it's just a sad, it, to me it was very sad i i i, I um i don't mind a good rip roaring empty-headed fun movie i love them you know that's not what this is about i i i the manipulations going on in this thing <sighs> and the level of the, the 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 incredibly paltry level of of screenwriting going on here and and this this the highway robbery of, of every other movie you've ever seen without any new way of really doing anything with any of it. I, I, and, and the feeling that they were, they were ripping off movies that had already been rip offs that I didn't want to see when they came out 20 years ago, you know, like, ah, wow. Wow. Tony.
1: I mean, like, okay. So one of our most popular episodes of this podcast was our review of, um, the M night Shyamalan movie. Uh, what was it? The happening, the air one, oh,
0: the happening. Yeah. yeah well. And,
1: and we, we, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a ripoff of the happening in a way, Yes, which
0: is, there are movie. shots stolen from the classroom. Yes. He plays the same character as Mark Wahlberg. He's a teacher. First of all, we start with a scene. I can't believe, you know, you're in trouble. When you're watching a genre movie or any movie where you have to have some suspension of disbelief and you just don't really believe that two people said hello to each yes. other right before the film. Yes. And you don't really believe somebody's actually married to somebody yes. or you just don't really believe that they're actually a teacher because it's just not really believable. And that's how it starts. I I you know, there was a time when Chris Pratt I thought was a fun new face on the scene and I was mm-hmm. excited to see stuff and Man, oh man, I, I, I just feel like he was just looked so palpably bored with having to act in this film. And he's the only reason why anybody would show real I mean, why else? Because it's Chris Pratt in a big new sci-fi movie that's original. So I'll give it that. Um uh, original, I don't know, but they they it's not a sequel to something or part of a tent pole franchise. So as a standalone movie, at least the only thing I can say is I give them props for getting an original idea done, even though none of the ideas are original.
1: We played a clip of, you know, it's now become infamous in film circles of, of, is it Donnie Wahlberg or Mark
0: Wahlberg? Well, well, it, Mark well, And Wal- the happening is, yeah. is Mark Wahlberg.
1: Mark. And he goes, come on guys, fall in love with science or take an interest in science. Yeah. And there's literally a sign a scene with Dan Forrester played by Chris Pratt. And he just basically goes, you know, if there's one thing the world needs right now, it's scientists, you know, scientists, we have to innovate. That's how you solve problems. And guess what? They go on to innovate and solve a problem. You just, I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's, and guess what the movie lies to your face because the problem is solved by automatic weapons, not by science. And that's true.
1: Yes. But wait a second, Tony, that they have a they have, what What are you talking about? They have a full training science montage complete with a split screen helix DNA on one side and his daughter lone wolf solving the problem in the lab. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. But that doesn't actually, it, that isn't the actual thing that solves oh, the right. problem. Oh, right. It has
1: nothing to do with anything. It right? is
0: actually shooting things in the face. That is the yes. final right. wonderful solution. In ice, again.
1: in ice, like, uh, uh, I another- am- Another strange movie to rip off, uh, 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 taken from Cliffhanger, a final yeah. like uh, d- dramatic fight in an ice world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am truly finished in my heart. I mean, I may see them because there are a lot of them out there, but I am finished in my heart with films that fetishize gunplay. I am sick of it. Mm, wow! I am absolutely, categorically sick to my stomach every time I see it, mm. and i I think it's, I think it's. Uh, I think it's wrong in every way to handle this kind of material. um, This gleefully uh, to make a film that's essentially for kids with fairly heavy themes, you know, about the end of the world potentialities and stuff and connections to climate crisis and all. I mean, they're, they're making allusions to these things in the film, but it's only window dressing. You know, all of that stuff to me was just purely just just uh window dressing and and uh what they I guess call virtue signaling or something about like, yeah. well, we have important things on our mind about, you know, and um, you know, the 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 kind of like the job of the movie in my mind. Let's see if you agree with me on this. I feel like the the, the makers of the film or the energy behind it was to rehabilitate the image of the classic white American working man dad because it's mm. been so tarnished and it's like, yeah, as long as you put an AK 47 in his hands and he's an expert killer, then he's co- Then it's cool. Sick of it. Sick of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it wanted to do a lot of different things. And it, 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 you know, it didn't know at a certain point what it was trying to do. I mean, is it, is it a science movie? Is it, an environmental movie is it a war movie is it a father-son movie is it a father movie is it a daughter father movie and it's all those things as we said before and it's a mismatch a a mismatch of all those things and oh and by the way jk simmons alert another you know sci-fi paranormal film in which jk simmons has a small role and yet in in the last film we saw him in it's so wonderfully done you know um we we both love that scene we wanted more in this movie um it's just you know chris pratt just gives us expository dialogue about like you've been my father since i was a kid and then you left and then you were in the war and he's like it's i was mad. in the war it's,
0: it's incredible it's, <laughs> it's just beyond belief
1: bad. it's incredibly bad um yeah i mean
0: it's yeah it's it's it, you know and 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 um and the odd, you know, the odd attempts at kind of like juvenile humor in the first half and, mm. you know, how, how it feels like it's uh, it just feels so lightweight, but there's not, I don't know. There's just, this is a disaster. This is a freaking disaster. disaster. It is. I, I don't even know what to say. And, and it, you know what? There's no freaking excuse. This, they have, you know, I'm upset. There's no excuse for this. The things they are wrong with it didn't cost any money to fix.
1: No. I say this with all sincerity. Like I, I literally have been, I started to Google like, which, cause we've said it before. We said it with the zombie movie. Uh, we did last, you go back to last episode or two. We did a zombie, uh, not movie, a zombie series uh, streaming zombie series that we both hated. And um, we said, this is like watching a video game. And I literally felt like the tomorrow war was the most video gamey thing I've ever watched to the point where when you play a video game and I'm not a gamer, but I've seen people play them and I have friends that play them and my son plays them. Although he doesn't like first person shooter games. He's more into like, you know, intellectual video games, but, um, he, he <laughs> when you watch it, they give you, you know, there's a VO, right. And they give you the mission and they go like your job is to defeat this alien and if you do not finish in 24 hours and there's an actor a vo actor going like my name is captain james karshaw and i've got 24 <laughs> hours to re-, you know and like yeah. literally that's the first act of this film to the point where <laughs> the entire plot is explained to us again through dialogue of a kind of video game looking landing during a soccer game in which we us from the future and the actor poor actor literally has to say like it is us from the future and here is your mission and we <laughs> i mean i'm just going like i'm looking around me in the room all alone and go like am, am i is someone doing a prank did, did tony like make this as a prank in his editing studio and send <laughs> it to me
0: and on, I mean, look, I agree with all of that. And honestly, that's not the worst thing about the movie. Like that's actually right. like, that could have been in a different movie and it would be like, Oh, okay. That's a cool, whatever. That's a fine way to start this, but it's, it is ludicrous. It's got, it's got, look, when you're stealing, you know, uh, a huge third act plot points and, and, and scenes, from from uh, How to Make a Friend at the End of the World, starring Steve Carell. <laughs> when your big answer to how to solve this problem is to literally take the same Martin Sheen character from that movie, who's his estranged father, who has a plane, who he goes to see, and says, Dad, you got to do this one last thing for me and fly this woman to this place. Yes. He does. So it's the same. And and, and I go crazy. Uh, here's Here's something
1: that was, I actually marvel that I, I almost wanted to applaud them for it because it was just so blatant like i'm like wow they're not even trying to every character you meet along the way uh has an expertise that then they use later in the final act and you know it, you see it coming a mile away so he meets one soldier and he, what do you do he goes well i run a you know research and development company gee i wonder if they'll need his skills later they exactly. do his dad does secret flights you know, to dangerous places. I wonder if he'll have to ask his dad who he said he didn't want to talk to again, to fly somewhere secret to the place. And it gets so bad that he has a student in his class who's obsessed with volcanoes. And you get the dialogue of him saying like, I really love volcanoes. I wish I could talk about volcanoes. And I said to myself alone in the room, gee, I wonder if they'll need his knowledge of (laughs) volcanoes in the final act. Guess what? There's literally a scene where they go, if only someone knew about volcanoes and Chris Pratt almost mocking us goes, I think I have the right guy. And I'm going like, oh my God.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, 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 it would be funny if it wasn't so insulting.
0: This is... I, I, I think I can sum this the whole thing up in one... There's one small moment in the film that typifies all of it to me, somehow. I, I, maybe you noticed this. Uh, all I, was right.
1: probably, I was probably sleeping.
0: There's... There's there's he's forward in time he's been fighting with a bunch of people that were dropped there who have zero training so how that works i i don't know people like you know civilians people who were like worked on a lunch counter at a school are suddenly handed a gun and time traveling and expected to know how to do you know special ops right it's great Right. So, uh, and they do remarkably well considering yeah. I think, but, um, yeah, well,
1: they go from that to like understanding the hand signal and firing their weapons inexplicably.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know it's great. So, um, yeah, so he's forward in time and he goes, to, he, it turns out that where they are in time, like in, in 50, in 2057 or whatever, it's like, we've lost pretty much. There's only right. 500,000 people left on the planet. Um, which seems, like very that's a that's a very low number but okay so there's 500,000 people on the planet but there's all this industry and battleships and tech and stuff trying to fight this war even though there's only like 500,000 people left so okay I mean like huge battalions of space cargo vessels and stuff that we have built on the ocean and, and um you know, they're obviously rationing things. They don't have any, who's producing anything. They can't produce the, 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 uh, the immune toxin that she wants to to make because they don't have any resources. Right. So they're like, are you hungry? Like, yeah, I'll go get some lunch. So Pratt (laughs) brings his, his scientist genius daughter, who also is a super killer combat course, because they always are. Yes. Um, Uh, an M uh, what is it an MR field ration kit and I was like oh you know it, it was only like vegetable lasagna and she's like yeah well that's how you know when we're down to nothing like that's it no one wants to eat that okay so they have the scene I don't I think I don't know if she eats it or not I can't remember but he takes his MRI with him out of that room and goes down a hallway and throws it into the garbage
1: yes yep yep yep
0: Did Mm -hmm. you did you like scream when that happened? Because I was like, "You all right? You you have proven to me that nobody's nobody's awake here at all on this movie, (laughs) and either they're making a comment that's actually funny or they're not. And I don't think they knew it was it, it could have been funny, but the dude throws away." He, didn't, he doesn't even give it to another hungry soldier. He throws it no. in the, tr- the trash. And, and
1: then the cherry on that MRE meal is that when he throws it away, he immediately turns and there's this soldier character who I think maybe we met before. And I think maybe in some edit, he might have been the love interest of his daughter, but we don't know that because he just kind of appears. And he provides us with some insight into the psyche of his daughter. Yeah, she's been working really hard. She's here alone. <laughs> and Pratt goes, you know, Oh Is that what it is? Yeah. Because she's very talented, but she's alone doing this alone. And then he just like disappears. <laughs> we never see him again. So it's just, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's okay. How about is, can we take his daughter for a second? You, you mentioned it. One of my big things, my MRE moment, my meal ready to regurgitate moment. Um, Ironic that this—that's that scene of a meal ready to eat made us both want to puke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but the daughter herself. So Pratt meets her in the in the future. She's a grown woman, and she there's two major things that happen right in a that just drove me crazy. She gives him this monologue about how he ended up in the future becoming a basically a drunken monster and dying early. And she has she said, "I think the least we say to each other, the better. I don't think we should talk." because we can't talk about the future within what tony Mm, minute 30 seconds she's spilling her guts to him on the beach in this long monologue about everything they've been through and i was like okay well there goes that and and then the other thing is her character herself you mentioned it already she is super soldier she's running the combat ops she's fighting an alien she's firing hip shots with her machine gun and giving direction to special forces soldiers and minutes later. She's taking off her gloves, as it were, putting her gun down, and solely and only in a lab figuring out the solution to the world ending. One yes. person. So mm-hmm. we've, built, we've built a time machine that takes civilians en masse and brings them to the future to fight a super war, but we've only sent one woman who is in charge of combat mm-hmm. and coming up with the cure in a lab. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. how much are we just going to dump on this poor woman? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's it, it's just it's just because well because this I, I have, I have the screenwriter had to get to page uh, forty seven, so she'll just be in the lab too. Yeah, yeah. she has no lab assistance?
0: No, <laughs> no, nope. does one, it herself?
1: An, an intern that we she's, Well,
0: she's got to do it herself. This, this is going to get done. You got to do it yourself, Maddie. Anything around here? Oh my god! Oh my it's god. just yeah. I don't, I mean, there's no there's no point at which you're <sighs> not going how, what, why, yes. what, what. And things, um, things, okay, here's what? another thing. Okay, she, she's a genius scientist. Yes. she's also an expert. You know, black ops fighter person. Like, yes. can do all of it. Yep. Why isn't it that anybody realizes that? they've got and they got all this tech right but she's got to find uh she's got to do a dna structure exam on the on the alien so they yes. kidnap they find one of the females who are the most dangerous yeah. uh alien and they bring it in to her lab and they just chain it up like frankenstein hanging there in her lab it's not mm-hmm. in a cage it's not in a you know in a submarine it's mm-hmm. not anywhere it's just simply sitting there and um they're like, what if it? He, Pratt's like, what if it wakes up? And she's like, it's dosed up. It's not. Yeah, come on, it's, it's it. not gonna go anywhere. And then it starts to kind of wake up. And she's like, she like doses it again, but it's all, you know. I'm like, what? <laughs> why? Why? Why am I expected to sit in here and take this? <laughs> Who? Why? Why are we going through this? <laughs> um. Why does? He, why does he jump after her and to sure certain death when he knows she's still alive in the in the past?
1: Oh, oh, that whole thing—I was going to save that to the end. The nonsense. Okay, well, I thought
0: we we are at the end because what else (laughs) do we fucking say?
1: Well. Well, I want to say one more thing about the alien because this is like I think one of my uh, Matty B isms that uh, nobody will care about, but I think I'm the first person to notice this. Oh,
0: I care! I Thanks. want to hear okay. it.
1: Okay, so I want this to go down in podcast history because I haven't heard anyone else say it. You know the Wilhelms, the Wilhelm scream? Sure uh, do. Right. Okay, we've talked about it before. What that is? There's a new Wilhelm scream, and they're all using it, and it's the sound of the aliens in these movies <laughs> because they all sound exactly the same, and it's some form of like.
0: Yeah, it's a shrieky kind of like a raptor-esque kind of like yes. raptor vibe. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think
1: they might be using it from. You mentioned raptor. It might come from Jurassic Park or something, and just, they just—they all
0: I'm, sound exactly the same. They do. They do. It's a, new, it's a real home scream for aliens, and also the whole. I don't know. I'm sorry. Like we, we, I, we, we could have a little conversation about the fact that this, to me, my mind it doesn't really belong in as a paranormal movie. This is no. a war movie really.
1: Yes. yes.
0: It's an action movie for sure. Right. It's kind of sci-fi because it deals with time travel and space right. aliens, but right. it doesn't have any of the other things that you would require a, a supernatural or paranormal kind of movie. It has no mystery to it. There's no sense of the unknown. Mm-hmm. there's no sense of awe or or like wow we're encountering like there's no ideas here at all it's literally yeah. just like oh aliens shoot them and the yeah. aliens are stupid yep. it's just like a bunch of rabbit dogs and they, they all sound the same and frankly they're all starting to look the same that same yes. designers seem to be making these freaking things with like like dog legs and tentacles and the, vagina, the, vagina mouths. Yes, I don't. The, I d- I'm like
1: Whoa, the multi teeth mouth, like um from uh, Stranger Things, like that. Yeah, it's, it's got tons of teeth. Like everyone's doing that, and they're all going. Bah! Yeah, oh, uh,
0: I, God. I just, it, it's just, uh, it, you know, and 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 we didn't learn the lesson from like when, when I, I remember when like Matrix, what was the second Matrix? Matrix revolutions or Matrix? The, the, the sleepening. The oh, sleepening? that was us. That was us. That was our thing, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, but like when I was a big fan of The Matrix one, and then I I felt like they got the wrong memo about what we liked when they did the second and third one. Mm. And it was like, well, you liked Agent Smith. How about 700,000 of them? (laughs) And I feel like that's where we're at now, where it's like, did you like that? Well, how about if we give you a million of them? And you're like... I, at that point, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. I'm yes. seeing a million scrambling things. Um, I've lost all sense of actually being there, going through this experience, of feeling like it's actually happening, and all the fun. So I'm trying to figure out where the fun here in this movie is too. Like it is grim. It's it's like Armageddon esque eulogy for you know the death of all of humanity going on it's it's loss of families and loss of your daughter and 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 it's all this really heavy turgid stuff that they are in absolutely no condition to to talk about like they these are on. this is they've zero to say and they're just mining all this kind of like emotional pornography for us to like mm. sense try to get some sense out of this movie being so wh- so why do all that work why just not make a silly movie about killing aliens and like, get on with it. First of all,
1: uh, emotional pornography is my favorite Def Leppard album. In the <laughs> 80s. Second of all. Um, yeah, man, it was, it's so funny. You mentioned that because I was thinking like this could, it, it had a little whiff of starship troopers to it.
0: Yeah. But with, but sure. with
1: none of the self-referential humor, none of the satire, yes, none exactly. of the tongue in cheek getting it, what it was doing. It was all just, yeah earnestly stupid in this case it would be and, an interesting double bill yeah well actually. to kind of see how to do it right in, in mm-hmm. starship troopers case uh and and then this is just a z like the, the dialogue is so cliched i even thought for a minute they were kind of trying to do that type of thing but they weren't they were just trying to pump out a look it, it was a movie I, I actually looked it up in imdb it was a movie that was supposed to be made by uh, because of covid it got kind of locked and so they just gave it to Amazon. And so it's yeah. it's just a fun thing with Chris Pratt's face they wanted to put out. And, you know, it's a movie you could watch with, well, taking your part of the gun violence aside, which I, you know, that's fine. I hear you. But I'm just saying from their perspective, it's a movie. There's nothing too controversial about it. The family of a teenager and a mother and a father could watch it. No harm, no foul. You don't have to think too hard. And it's just like, pump this thing out, put his face on the front of Amazon prime. And we're all going to make a million bucks and good, good on you. Right.
0: Right. As as long, as long as we, you know, kowtow to the worst, you know, the worst of the, of the American dream nonsense that we got pumped full of in the eighties, as long as we're still like, you know, firmly entrenched in the kind of the mindset of like, you know, America is something you have to protect with guns. And it's like, okay, sometimes that's true. But like, listen, there's other things in the world. Mm. It's just that it's what it is. It's like, it's not even about them being in there. Honestly, sometimes I think it's really, it's something that you can't, I mean, you can't mandate any of it because it's all about taste. It's all about how it's handled. It's all about the people that are making the movie and what attitude do they have about it? Is is loss of life in a film something that that they actually consider? Or is it just something that that happens for plot and for visuals, you know? And mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel like. Now, granted, they tried to make a big eulogy out of every you know human that died in this movie, and they're shooting the hell out of these little awful rabbit aliens. But at a certain point, I don't care. It's just like a movie about shooting rats or something. Yes. I, there, there's just nothing, no mystery there. There's nothing. There's nothing. I could show
1: you. <clears throat> You could have a split screen of some of the scenes of them firing at these aliens, running down halls at them, and then take whatever new first person video game alien video game is out right now. And there is no way anyone could tell the difference. Sure. It was just a straight up video game you know, first
0: person shooter video game of yeah.
1: aliens. It was, and, and, and it had and about I, that much attention to detail and dialogue and character development
0: also. And I guess, I guess here's the thing. Like, I guess I've said before, since I'm not, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a gamer. I don't have any skin in that. I, don't, I, I, you know, if you, if you're, if you like those kinds of movies, that's great. But I don't think this is one of those movies. I think this yeah. is an attempt to give people who like those movies w- what they want. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. it's really pandering and it's really not genuine. And right. it's not the real thing. So nobody's getting what they want. Like you're, if you're a sci-fi right. fan, you're not going to okay. get what you want. And if you're a fan of like Armageddon movies that Michael Bay did, you're not even going to get that because that's, <laughs> I'm not a fan, but like, that's a thing, you know, like,
1: yeah, that's a know
0: That's a Michael yeah. Bay movie. Take it or leave it like it or right. not. It's, it's got a personality. It's, it's, it's a thing. And it's an ugly gleaming mass of hysteria, but it's, 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 it's a movie. This is, I don't know what this is. This is a group of people nodding like small chihuahuas in a, in a meeting room, just like going, yeah, anything you say, whatever, you know, whatever. There's
1: there's some dialogue in here. That's just, I mean, you know, howlingly bad, uh, the most cliched and, and just bad, dialog I've heard in a very long time you know I think back to him and his daughter on the beach and and literally like oh, you know um you know stop it, movie uh, comes to a halt <laughs> you know uh you went in there against my direct order I took a chance you were in yeah. danger I'm going oh my god in heaven um and then, uh, let's get to the the what we were alluding to before of the nonsensical now listen it's it's difficult anytime you play with moving into the past and future right and you are pulling a Christopher Nolan, <laughs> you know, or, or something, it, it, it's, you, that, that takes great thought to execute, of which this movie basically did none, apparently, because, okay, so I have a question. Now, maybe I missed this, uh, and spoiler alert, like that matters at this point, dear listener, but um, he, he, the daughter alone, again, by herself, finds the serum, the cure that's going to kill all the aliens. She finds it in the future, and she gives it to her father, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt then gets transported back into the past, right? But he's got the cure in his hands. He's got the vial. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these scenes with him just going like, well, we're doomed. Uh, I have the vial of the cure, but she she died in the future. And this is in the past and we weren't able to use it in the future. And I'm going, why can't you just, <laughs> can't you just, couldn't you just make it now in the past and make a bunch of it, and then and then when the aliens emerge, shoot like use it against them? And then there's yeah, no that's what use? I
0: thought. They, I mean, yeah, that's what you'd think would he'd right? be thinking. But they, I don't know, were they trying exactly to make a joke like, that he doesn't know how time travel worked or something? I, I don't, I, I don't. Yes, I don't know because his other move was literally like you know his daughter of the future. He knows he's going back in time, so he's going to meet his younger daughter again and get right. a chance to raise her again, essentially, right. yes. and not make any of the same mistakes. So he right. gets a second chance. In the future, she's, she dies. Right. And he, instead of going, well, I'm going to go back in time, save civilization, and it see my sincere. daughter again because she's there. Right. I'm going to jump off a cliff into a fireball, which wouldn't save her anyway because he can't fly, you see. <laughs> um in this movie so what what's the what's the point i think the point is to say that he's an idiot and doesn't know how any of this stuff works i i i i,
1: I truly don't know i tr- i truly also, don't know and then all that you're gonna you're checked. gonna
0: she's the most important person in the future who's in contact with people in the past right we're yep. sending people to the future
1: right. she's the most important person she's the one there's only one of her
0: but she can't send like a letter nope. with him To somebody with the serum to say like, hey, this is my dad. He's got the serum. You should do it. No, that's not. That's a stupid idea. Let's just send him back and let him go to like Home Depot to try to figure out what to do.
1: She's too busy in a science training montage uh, running through all the vials of potential cure. Uh, i mean it was it was actually like a parody you don't remind me of like a self park like we need a montage
0: we need a yeah. science
1: montage yeah but it wasn't trying to be funny it was like literally no. her and her dad in yeah. the lab and like i said like a dna he like split screen and i'm going like oh my god what is <laughs> it's an
0: excruciatingly banal movie that way it has no sense of itself it has no sense of comedy you can't laugh at itself it is so over serious with the with the premise that just you can't you cannot believe in it and also you know it's um it's it's politics are lousy or it's philosophy not even it's politics here's Mm. a guy that like we meet and he's just a sad sack kind of a you know and uh, he's, he's, he's like a suburban dad Which is great That doesn't yeah. make him a sad sack He's a sad sack Because he's unhappy with his life yes, And he's, yeah. he's just kind of like no, I should be more successful Nobody's going to listen to me at my work And yeah, I can't temper tantrum I can't excel How Yeah, how are we supposed and to then, live for this guy? Why, wh- what is it that he's looking for? What does he want? Right. And then it turns out That the answer to this problem Is to accept your inner homicidal maniac <laughs> Like to it, just accept the fact that you are, you know, a trained killer, and that's what you. Re- if you just step up to that, you'll be totally whole again. Which is what this movie kind of says. I mean, not that people. I'm not conflating, you know, like Navy Seal people with train with Understood. with homicidal maniacs, but like Understood. the idea that the lifestyle of weaponry and warfare and guns and yeah, and rock and shoot and kill everything is. It is an antidote for feeling like a schlub? Come on.
1: Well, that's I where
0: we—that's where we
1: part because I love all that stuff. I just think this movie didn't even know what it was trying to say about. You—you
0: it. It, you can't love it when it's doing it this without any irony, without any no, no, sense of self right. of humor or, or 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 like reflection on any of it. Come
1: right, I mean... right. Yes, I agree. But J.K. Rowling got uh, jacked. Or J.K. Simmons.
0: J.K. Geez. J.K. Rowling did not get jacked. <laughs> um, she did I not. Did that she is still, too. She's still. I she's still very you. slim, and you know, I think she's <laughs> in shape. I don't know, but she's not. I don't think she's jacked.
1: I would have liked to have seen her in that role, uh, actually play his mother. I would, that that would have been interesting.
0: I, I I love J.K. Simmons, but I was just I was bummed out. I'm like, Weird, I'm he got glad all, you're getting a paycheck, but he, he got all jacked like for it. which is a waste of time other than he looks great physically. I felt like he was kind of like, I feel like he showed up to this party with the right attitude, but then suddenly realized like, oh, nobody else is making this this, comp, like this kind of fun movie. Like we're all getting serious here. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to, I, 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 I think Chris Pratt is fantastic. I do. I think he's super talented at what he does when he's in that certain zone, but like to watch him, you know, kind of lock horns, look or, the, you know what i mean like that that scene they have between each other and it's just there's just not much there
0: uh, I, I don't frankly know what zone you're talking about i mean yeah the guy's cute well he i got does. no problem with guardians he, of the galaxy but it's not like the guy has a canon of films behind him that you can go oh well this is he, well, this is what Chris pratt represents we're figuring out what he represents now which well, is a guy that when the heavy lifting comes he doesn't want to do it it's not this
1: but you know he was he was ultimately likable and good in uh, parks and rec and you know uh he could be touching and he could be vulnerable um he probably had more time on that show to to inhabit the character because it was a series do you know what i mean try to try to have a one-on-one scene with <laughs> i'm just gonna keep saying jk simmons
0: i don't i i i hear you and i wrong. just don't i'm not i can't because you know with great power comes great responsibility man you cannot take the paycheck and be a giant star and do all of this and not take some kind of responsibility for the material and the quality of the work. I'm sorry. You don't get to make that kind of money and just go, well, didn't know. This sounds exactly like my pooling impression. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a game. got me mad. It got I me mad. To play- I, I, you know, and you're like, oh, well, we're working in the business. And I'm like, look, I don't now, I'm, I don't care. Well, if, I don't work hey, in like I don't have, business. I just don't want to offend anyone. I don't. What? Who would be offended? They got paid. Here, dude. Just, I let's roll, take some listen, of the offense off. Listen,
1: I'm not a gamer, but I'm a player. Right. You know donate, what I'm saying? I roll, the game. I roll with some Hollywood wigs, so I gotta watch what I say.
0: Don't donate the players, man. <laughs> um. Here's where here's where I get sad. Like there are really wonderful actors in this movie. Yvonne Sharhofsky is great. She plays the daughter. We've been ragging yep. on that character on that part. She does everything she possibly can. Great actor to make yep. this character into something that's fun to play and a thing yep. and believable. She's just given material that's really hard to make work. Once again. I, I really love her work and stuff. She's a great actor. J.K. Simmons is a great actor. Sam Richardson's fantastic and stuff. I love him. Mike mitchell's great they got good actors in here and they just they just didn't make it work
1: uh there's one good thing about it you know we always try to find something positive um some of the special effects although they're not practical they're very video gamey but some of them are, are pretty incredible pretty stunning visually um and the other thing about it was the very first scene I had hope for it. It was, it was the party scene, the Halloween time scene. Uh, oh, excuse me. It was Christmas. It was Christmas. I'm sorry. Right. It was Christmas. It's
0: easy to confuse those holidays. I get it, them confused
1: in my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmas, right? What was it?
0: I can't, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> but anyway, it was, a it was holiday. the same Christmas
0: party for mission impossible five and the same one. from well, yes. And four,
1: but it did, it had, a, it had a very, um, it had a little bit of a Spielbergian vibe. It was kind of lit retro. It had a warm feeling to it. And there was good music playing. And he comes bopping through like POV camera and he's having a flirty little thing with his wife. I'm like, okay. I just, I had hope
0: for it in the first like minute and a half. <laughs> you know, I, I, think the, I, I think I felt the same way. I thought okay, good, I, because yeah, they, okay, they suckered okay. you into thinking maybe they're going to have an interesting angle on yes. this kind of movie. And they yes. really just, you know, Once he gets drafted into the thing, it's just this, it's another case of like, you know, they they just, Hollywood screenwriting at this point is just, they they think that making something interesting is about withholding information from the audience. Mm. And it's a cheat most of the time. Sometimes that's fine. But, but to have us find out that he's a a, a trained, you know, Navy SEAL or black op guy, because he, he doesn't react to getting drafted the way a guy who had military experience would react. He's, he's only doing it because he's, they're withholding information from us. And until they want us to know that he was a Navy SEAL and starts acting like one, yeah, he's acting like a suburban dad who has no background in this, which
1: what's going on. What's going on? What do you, what is yeah. on? What are we
0: doing? I, I, we... I, I, I it, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. And then the whole thing becomes about, Oh, and then we're going to reveal this. Well, it's like, well, If you just told it to us straight, then we'd be able to watch this unfold in a way and not think that, oh, we find out at the end that, in fact, this was this. Right. That's who cares. I mean, that's a a fun move sometimes. Shyamalan did a great job with that. But that's like now got to be in every freaking movie all the time instead of just tell us what's going on and he's contradictory
1: he's contradictory too in his character and it's not because he's a complex contradictory human no. being it's just because they're lazy writing like he's literally going like well, what's going on we need science and the next right. scene he's like it's what i do killing is right. what i do it's what i was trained to do honey so don't you worry am like, oh, so well, that's a big shift in in a scene
0: big shift and i i have i that's to me is part of the actor's responsibility as the yeah actor. so yeah it's chris pat f- funny and charming and all those that yeah yeah but can he put two pieces of a character together and reconcile them well i went. So you, you just mentioned m. night Shyamalan. i went and saw um old oh Disney. you did
1: yes uh, while i was on the road i oh. had to uh, um yeah i think that review would go much like this one for me and you know that pains
0: me because I'm a Shyamalan-a-maniac. I am a shyamalan maniac i do not think it's possible to get as angry at Shyamalan as you are at this stuff. I'm not as, no, I'm not no. angry at The Happening. I love The Happening. I, right? I have a lot of affection for that movie. I, I That didn't make me angry. <laughs> this is makes me
1: upset. I love when you're angry. You know that? You're, it's like the antithesis of the Hulk quote. Make me angry, Mr. Blake. You would love me when I'm angry.
0: You like me when I'm angry.
1: All right. Well, this yeah. has been a uh just a blast Tony. Um, anything else, any final thoughts? It's obviously not going on the shelf. It's not going, it's not getting rated P for paranormal. It's not going on our shelf of favorite movies. Any other thoughts?
0: It's not, I I, I really don't, I don't want to belabor it. I don't want to keep punching. It's not really worth punching at it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's not even really a conversation because it's not a movie that did particularly well that mismanaged and how it was released and COVID came in the way of it. But if you saw this in the theater you you're saying it's i think part of what you think you know like the effects people are saying well, it looks better than your average like well yeah it looks better than your average sci-fi movie or your i mean by that like the channel sci-fi it looks better than sharknado it looks better than you know it's it's good cgi it's good animation but it's a giant movie like this yeah. is a huge film that we're going to put in the theaters and be like a giant tentpole movie with 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 giant stars so it's like you know um it's 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 not the little engine that could they had every resource to make this uh, a far more entertaining and appropriate film and, and they just didn't
1: as this one star review said in imdb the scriptomatic 9000 did it again
0: <laughs> yeah yeah very much like that really is there's some funny reviews on amazon man there's some really good ones it's it's they went the people went people got upset we're not the only ones people good. didn't like it <laughs> good good um, um but i don't have anything else to say i don't i i don't i don't like bashing stuff but i wow. i i just feel like sometimes like like you said sometimes one of these things just gets you upset and it's like i just i don't, know, I, don't I, I didn't dig it yes. not at all
1: i could tell and uh, how about and you think... do you have
0: any any final parting shots or mm,
1: no that's it i mean i think we covered it um yeah good 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 act. We've said this a million times. It seems to be a, a refrain for us. You know, um, a lot of good actors wasted, you know, it wasn't their fault. A lot of, a lot of the stuff we described, not all of it, but a lot of it was not the actor's fault. No,
0: this is so, a, it's, it's not, nor the technicians, nor the, the DP or the people that did the effects, right, or right. probably even to a certain degree, the director, because I, these giant movies are made by committees of businessmen. Don't ever forget that. Mm. And sometimes business women, but more often businessmen. And that's, you know, that's how movies are these big films. That's how they get done. So it's a big committee and, um, and whoever screams loudest and fights most about something usually wins. And that's not really my favorite way of making a movie, but what do I know? Well, I'm four weeks away, Tony. Four short weeks
1: away after this long summer of travel from being back home for good for a long time. Um, so we'll try and pump one or two or three, maybe more of these out in the next few Great. weeks. Okay, and then cool. We'll be back on a regular schedule, everybody. So I think we can try and get one more next week um, of these. In the meantime, I don't. We'll, we'll try to announce on social media what our next film will be at rated paranormal and let us hear from you and uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll try to do it again next week. If not, it'll be the week after. Um, we're going we're gonna to do this somehow, Tony.
0: I believe in you and I believe in us. And I think, I think we can do it.
1: I think if I may echo the, um, the we're going to end where we started. I think I can echo the daughter and say the, the, the less we say to each other, the better at this point. <laughs>
0: See, this movie does have some personal relevance to us. I'm Aww. surprised. I take it back.
1: Okay, we were wrong. <laughs> Bye, buddy. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Rated P for Paranormal. Please rate, review, and share. It really does make a difference. For more information, to participate, and even donate, go to our main page. Anchor. Dot .fm slash rated Paranormal on social media. We're at Rated Paranormal. All music is by Andrew Galdins Jr. You can find him on Instagram at Kid Riga or go to therocketscience.bandcamp.com This podcast was created, written, produced, and edited by Maddie Blake and Anthony Arkin. I even is something like this I think this show would take off if we stopped talking. I even is like
0: this. Look, I don't now, I'm, I don't care.